Houston, we have a heat wave right now. It is episode seven. We are continuing through the AFC South with the Houston Texans. The number two overall pick on the squad. What's it going to be? You're going to find out right here. And if we can't tell you what you want to hear and you want to go find out some other stuff for yourself, well, guess what? We have an app where you can find every single stat that you could possibly need, plus Broto exclusive stats that are proven to be better than the stats that are just traditional stats are all available right there. And it's all at the Fantasy Football by Broto app, and it's free. And the reason it's free is because of our wonderful, amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash Fantasy. If you support the show and you want to support us, please go over there for as little as $3 a month. You can join up. And get access to so many things. We have so many extras. We have the Discord. We have the extra episode. We have the leagues and tons, tons more extras that, honestly, we still have to give out even more extras. We have to have a think tank and say, what else are we going to give these wonderful, beautiful people? Because they deserve it. Patreon.com slash Fantasy, And you deserve some fantasy advice right now. So without any further ado, and I, I still have the problem with this ado. I've never heard a do in any, anything but the negative. But without any further of it, let's get started. Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Man, that heat wave music just hits different, even when you have been listening to it every single day. Maybe it might, it might even grow on you even more. Every single day. Talking about growing even more. He's, these guys grow on me every day. Even though Michael thinks that he's he's muted right now and he's not. And he's just like sniffing. And, and I think you you are muted, over. right? It is Michael. It is Matt. What is up, fellas? We got to switch you guys here. This doesn't even look. There you go. Uh, Michael, Matt, we got we to gotta take our positions. If you, if you know what I'm talking about, it's yeah. YouTube.com slash Broto Fantasy. Editor-in-chief, your boy. Lead analyst and editor, Michael, uh, Michael, and lead writer and director of content, Mr. The Dynasty Don, the Fantasy Encyclopedia, Matt Ward. I haven't pulled out Fantasy Encyclopedia in a minute, but but people got to know. People got to know. This man just, like last episode, just like, Drew Brees was the middle of the series. I just had it. Just had it in the back of the head. Just, Just keeps it there. That nice and nice and tight. Um, do you know what's not nice and tight? The entire Houston Texans organization. They have been a joke. And D'Amico Ryans, their new head coach, is uh, trying to change that. Now, obviously, he was a defensive coordinator. But for what it's worth, brings that no-nonsense philosophy. After being a leader of the Texans the last time the Texans were relevant, I don't know if anyone remembers D'Amico Ryans, the absolutely phenomenal Pro Bowl linebacker uh, for the yeah for the Houston Texans. Um Six coach in the Texans franchise history, third in three seasons. So it gives you an idea of how far they've fallen off the cliff. Last year was a 2022 Football Writers of America Assistant Coach of the Year. Now, I can give you all of his how his defense did. He was a phenomenal defensive coach. Um, but that we care about offense here on for fantasy football. So who's running the offense? Oh, it's Bobby Slowick. Now, who is Bobby Slowick? He was the pass game coordinator with San Francisco. The most recent pass game coordinator before him was Mike McDaniel. So someone just told a position that already has had some success um, last, last year. That's what the, That was his title. Uh, Slowick got to start with the 49ers the same season as DeMarco Ryans. Both coaches uh, were defensive quality control coaches at the time. Slowick uh, 
helped to manage a quarterback-friendly system for the 49ers, although it appears clear now that you know Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan were the ones that running that offense. But there is something to be said about being part of that coaching tree. And they're hoping for anything better than what they got last year. Last year was a complete and utter disaster. 30th in points per game, 17 points per game. Ugh, what a disgusting number. Uh, 11th ranked pass percentage. Uh, they passed about 60% of the time, just under. And 21st ranked run percentage, just over 40% of the time. They did make some attempts to get better. Um, they built the roster. They took their swings this year in order to get better because they are losing Brandon Cooks, who was their best player last year. But they're taking swings at some younger younger guys and some veterans. Robert Woods, who I mistakenly called 28 years old a couple episodes ago. Um, not 28 years old, uh, but a veteran presence. Devin Singletary, another veteran presence that I'm going to be getting into uh, later. Tight end Dalton Schultz, who they gave a good contract to. He's on a prove-it deal. You're going to see him probably be a big part of that offense. Uh, offensive guard Shaq Mason. And on the rookie side, they drafted three young players. Uh, C.J. Stroud, of course, the quarterback. Wide receiver Tank Dell, who, according to some rumors, was uh, recommended by Mr. Stroud himself. Um, and rookie, rookie wide receiver Xavier Hutchinson. Um, again, I told you guys that the subtractions were a big subtraction in uh, Dalvin Cook. Look, this is going to be uh, Brandon Cooks. What did I say? Dalvin. Dalvin Cook. No, def definitely didn't lose Dalvin Cook um, in, in Brandon Cooks. So, you know, one's Cooks, one's Cook. They're the cookers. They just cook all the time. They, 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 they're like Matt. They're chefs. Um, but, yeah, anyway. Um where was I? I completely forgot. Offensive outlook. Yes, let's get into these quarterbacks because I'm uh, I'm not transitioning well here. So just go. Someone save me from myself. Uh, okay. CJ Stroud. Look, CJ Stroud looked great at Ohio State, obviously, which is what made him the second QB off the board at second overall this past season to the Houston Texans. <clears throat> but unfortunately for him, he's heading to a team that still needs a lot of help. Uh, last year, second year quarterback Davis Mills with the QB 25 and points per game, despite actually being in the top half of the league in pass attempts per game. And he only had one game in which he surpassed 20 fantasy points. And that was week 18 in a throwaway game against the Colts. Um, and I know CJ Stroud is not Davis Mills. Obviously, you don't have to convince me of that. However, he's entering a similar team and landscape that Mills uh, that Mills had last season. And Stroud does not have the rushing upside of Anthony Richardson or even Bryce Young. People just see a young athletic quarterback and expect it to be, you know, be able to run as well. His best rushing season was last year at Ohio State, where he ran just 47 times for 108 yards. Like yeah, he's, he's, not, he's, but he's not a runner. I, I will say this. I will say this though, and I know you're not supposed to be helmet scouting, but. Justin Fields wasn't really a runner at Ohio State either. And you saw what Justin Fields did to the NFL last Justin year. Fields also runs a legit 4-4. Four -four. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying this is not part of the even when like you have, a, a even when they had Justin four -four. Fields, not they weren't <laughs> they weren't running with Justin Fields. Either way, CJ Stroud is not Justin Fields speed though. Like sure, but no, what I'm saying is like he, could be, he could be used in a different way. So I'm sure. saying either way, he has limited upside as we know, as of now. Like, we'll see if that changes in the NFL, but as of now, he's never been a rushing quarterback, and his supporting cast is clearly not the strongest. Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary, Nico Collins, Robert Woods, John Mechie, Dalton Schultz. That does not scream huge upside. He's certain to go through growing pains. I mean, he is a 
uh, a first year rookie quarterback, second overall on a bad team. His other dog ADP right now is QB 26, FFPC ADP of QB 28. I get it. Uh, his ADP is rightfully out of the picture in redraft leagues at the moment. In best ball, I do think he could have some standout performances, but he's not someone I'm going to be actively targeting in really any leagues this year. Yeah, you could you could argue that this is with especially the gifts he was given at Ohio State. You could argue this is legitimately the weakest supporting cast that he's ever played football with, and that's crazy yeah. to say about an NFL team. But he literally played with what is four NFL offensive linemen now and yeah. five first round NFL wide receivers that have had, <laughs> that have had success. Yeah, almost all of them. Well, I'm, I'm I am counting Marvin Harrison Jr. So, yeah. so obviously he's literally going to he's if it's not Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. will go one one. Are you counting Jamie? Are you counting Jameson Williams? Oh, I mean that's six. That's six. So even if you want to keep uh, Jameson Williams, another even though he hasn't. You no, you do count Jameson. Yeah, let's do that. You got to. <laughs> you got to right. Yeah. It's just a embarrassment of riches. Embarrassment of riches. Just transferred out. Um. Yeah, I mean, the, the quarterback is going to be the key to this team. Uh, but let's move on to the second position. I think the one that's being drafted the highest, and that's the running back position. Um, look, Damian Pierce completely boggles my mind as to why he is being drafted where he's at. Um, I'm just going to tell you straight up right now that I just don't get it. Uh, I Look, he started. The, this is year two for him. He was a rookie last year. Started the year strong. Um you know, but then it completely fell off. Uh, 30 catches only as well. So definitely he's a plotter. He's a uh, in-between-the-tackles type guy. Uh, I, he yeah, didn't stand out. They were Rex Burkhead targets before they were given Damian Pierce targets. Like. It just – it just he didn't look the part, to be honest. Like, I, I know that <laughs> – I know that – I know that we're going to – it's too simple sometimes to just say he didn't look it. But he just didn't look it. And when you look at a guy like that – you when you draft a guy like that, it's TD dependency that is really the key, right? James Conner last year and the year before was completely inefficient and didn't catch many passes and was a plotter, kind of in the same way. But he scored touchdowns. He was 57th, Damian Pierce, last year in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns, which is around that James Conner area. But look at the giant contrast between it's, it's all about touchdowns. And the problem is he's a TD dependent player on a team that's not going to score many touchdowns. And on top of that, he's not even the primary runner right off the bat. Devin Singletary joins the team. Devin Singletary has a very similar skill set to Pierce, except he's coming off his best statistical season, and he, his receiving stats improved drastically last year, Got almost got 50 targets uh, last season. And where he's going in terms of Damian Pierce, when you're talking about, when I'm, when you're talking about Damian Pierce, he's on a bad team with a rookie quarterback that's not going to score. And on top of that, he didn't play. He had like four good games last year. He had some RB2 finishes very mid. His best game was mid after like a really strong three-week stretch um, in the very beginning of the season when he very when he first got uh, the rock. And that's because he was seeing it so often, right? So you have that guy, and people are kind of still drafting him as if he's that guy at running back 21, Right now, according to Fantasy Pros, let me tell you some guys that are ranked below him that I would take an ADP in a heartbeat before him. Alexander Madison, 100%. James Conner, I would take. I would take Rashad White. 
David Montgomery's there, but I'm not sure if I would take him. I would no. take DeAndre Swift. No. I would take Isaiah Pacheco. I would take Al- Alvin Kamara. I would yep. take Javante Williams. Yep. I would maybe take yeah. AJ Dillon. No. I would maybe take Khalil Herbert. Yes. I would maybe take Samaji Piran as well. No. All right. So, like, that, I know that one's a hot take. That one's a hot take. <laughs> that was but too far. Almost... But we're, we honestly, like, there's about six running backs after Damian Pierce that I genuinely would take before him. What? Rashad being the number one of all those things because you're basically asking the exact same thing. It's all volume and touchdown dependency. Let me ask you guys a question because I know I'm going to talk about this in the Vikings episode. But but he's in a committee. What is What is with Alexander Madison's ADP? 22? What is going on? Why would you take Damian Pierce over Alexander Madison in any world? No. You have a guy who is <laughs> yeah, the, why? Why would you do it? It doesn't make any sense. In fact, Devin Singletary is going off the board at running back 40. I was gonna say it's gotta be RB 40 something. Yeah, 48. That's a much better value. Go get him in the 12th round and watch him outscore Damian Pierce this year. Now, even if I'm wrong and Damian Pierce is the main guy, you're still talking about a running back in a terrible offense with a rookie quarterback. And really no offensive weapons on the outside to, to like really be super scared of. We're gonna be talking about that in a second. It's the same it's the same thing with Damian Pierce last year with all the like Damian Pierce is one of the biggest talking points all of last season. I was like the what's really gonna happen is that it's not gonna matter if you draft Damian Pierce. He's not gonna be a league winner. He's not gonna be the reason you lose your season either because he's a mid round pick. It's just gonna end up not mattering, really. Like Damian Pierce isn't a league winner. Period. It's not going to happen on this team, so I, I don't want to draft him. Let's, yeah, let's but you're talking about this. a guy in the fifth round that could sink your team, bro. You know, that's what, like I'm not drafting him there. It makes no sense. Yeah, I'm in a I'm in a long draft right now that someone just took Damian Pierce, and I'm just I, I'm like thank you, thank thank you yeah. for that gift. <laughs> Damian Pierce is one of those ticking time bombs that you just want to leave there. Just like let this ticking time bomb sit there. Let someone take him. Like ah yes, wasted roster spot. Let's go. You know, because I just think I, there's no way Damian Pierce returns on, on RB21. There's no way. There's I mean, a 0% he, chance. The thing is, is like the the best case scenario is that he returns only that. Like there's no upside to that pick at all. It's just the best case scenario is he's RB20 in points per game, in my opinion. Oh, I Look, for me, it's stay the heck away from Damian Pierce and take a shot on De- Devin Singletary in the 12th round. Like that's that's where um that's that's my official advice on this one. I don't think that's going to change much much as we get into the off season. Um, so the running back room is you know an avoid according to me at least. How do you guys feel about it? Would you guys say if you had to if you had to rank it on the avoid scale to get the hell out of here at the at the at the front and no, let's stay safe and draft him where his ADP is at in terms of like one to ten. Like, where are you guys at in terms of stay away from Damian Pierce? I'm like a I mean, 7.8. Yeah, give me like a 10. I'm just not drafting him. I don't think there's any yeah, reason me to. either. Like, so we're at his, at his ADP, of course. So we're yeah, at, I'm never going to ha- be playing in enough leagues where I'm ever like, I need this exposure. <laughs> consensus. Brutal consensus. No, uh, even so with like, exposure, I'm going to have zero Damian Pierce. That's what I mean. Like, I'm never going to be – I'd have to play in an infinite amount of leagues. <laughs> so let's get to these wide receivers then. Um, maybe a couple of sleepers in here. How are we feeling? I mean, I thought we were only supposed to talk about fantasy relevant players, but. Oh, <laughs> burn. Hey. burn. I, 
I also think that since I do the dynasty stash on the heat wave, you could literally name this entire roster and be like, yeah, they're cheap enough. That's for sure. Obviously the hype comes behind Nico Collins, the most uh, third year in the league showed a little bit of upside when Brandon cooks wasn't there, maintained a little bit of that target share upside when Brandon cooks was there, but it's just a horrendous offense. And it's not like it really translated into anything. 33 receptions as a rookie up those numbers to 37 as a sophomore. We're like, what are we getting so excited about? 6.0 points as a rookie, 9.7, which was wide receiver 49 as a sophomore in 36 players. Under the top 36 players, sorry, in any positive peripheral stats, like he's outside of the top 36 in target share, outside of the top 36 in yards per route run, outside of the top 36 in team yards per team pass attempt. At six foot four and 215, he certainly looks the part of a wide receiver one, but his play across the past two seasons suggests he's, in fact, much smaller contributor than his size reflects. And then you have... Robert Woods coming in, obviously, from the Titans off of his worst statistical season in his entire NFL career. Um, a lot of that coming to do with injury. But again, as we talked about in the previous episode with, with the Titans, like there no wide receiver was really going to succeed in that offense, especially after Tannehill went down. They really bottomed out towards the end of the season. But he's also the only receiver on the Texans offense to have more than 70 targets and more than 50 receptions in a single season. Like it's that's how either inconsequential, untalented, or new to the NFL, this Texans wide receiver room is. He brings, Woods brings a committed understanding of the offense. Um, he's worked with the offensive coordinator before, obviously a veteran pres presence, mentorship to one of the weakest wide receiver rooms assembled in recent memory across the NFL. And he's at the tail end of his, end of his career, sure, but he still can put together productive games and could probably lead the team in targets. But I think that's going to come down to the guy that Mike will touch on in a moment. And while I'm here, like I will just mention the dynasty stashes because it's John Mechie and Tank Dell. Like it's both of them. It's take your shot at it. Like whatever. Mechie was highly productive slot receiver out of Alabama. He projects to be projects to be inside of the slot. Again, all reports surrounding his health concern as as many may forget he was diagnosed with leukemia didn't get to play his rookie season they've all been incredibly positive he's working at otas he's been in all voluntary drills he's completely cleared by the team doctors to resume on-field activities and he's participating participating in training camp there's unmitigated hype surrounding Nico Collins, but obviously he's going to function on the outside. Mechie will be on the inside, but that's exactly where Tank Dell is going to dominate too. And Tank Dell was a much more productive slot receiver than John Mechie ever was. Sharing that Alabama offense with Jamison Williams obviously isn't going to do you any favors, but every second of the route is a separation opportunity for Tank Dell. He's so fast and quick twitch. And he only, he ran like a mid 4-4, but if you watch his film, and, and I'm not, a, I always resort to analytics first, but Tank Dell's fast, man. And he plays much faster than even a 4-4 suggests. He's going to line up inside of the slot as well and could easily push Mechie out of that position immediately and kill all of his value. They essentially are going to cost the same thing. Late third, you might throw a fourth and get Mechie. He's getting dropped in some leagues as people make roster clears as well because they haven't seen anything yet. But Tank Dell is the real deal, at least from a pure analytic standpoint. He's also only 5'7 and 170 pounds. <laughs> I will say I just drafted Tank Dell in a, uh, in a uh, dynasty league, and I'm pretty happy about it. I, I tanks. I mean, he checks every box for an analytical purpose, like 40 touchdowns, you know, 2000 yard season. Like he, he definitely did it at Houston, but. All right, Matt rolling in the deep, choose a Dell or delicious. 
Delicious for sure. What the Come hell on, was son. that first one? <laughs> yeah, Michael, Michael's talking about it. It's got a good dynasty banners. stash, bro. You're rolling in the deep. Dynasty stash. <laughs> uh, okay, that, that's a little bit better. Yeah, now I get it, actually. Now, yeah, now, it still sucks. Uh, <laughs> YouTube.com. <laughs> if, if, if I had to explain, then fine. <laughs> YouTube.com slash Bro Fancy if you want to see what the hell we're talking about. Um, Michael, tight ends. From this offense. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mr. Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz going off the board at tight end 14 on underdog, tight end 12 on FFPC behind Chigakonkwa, which I already mentioned in the last episode is just blasphemous. Look, Dalton Schultz basically signed a one-year prove-it deal with Houston this year worth anywhere between 6.5 to $9 million based on incentives after not getting what he thought he deserved on the open market. Look, Dalton Schultz has flashed some real tight end one ability in the past. He's just 27 years old. But his 2022 season, it was his worst season since his 2019 breakout after a standout 2021. Last season, Schultz caught 57 balls on 89 targets for 577 yards and five touchdowns. That was a year after going 78, 808, and 8 on 104 targets. Despite this drop-off, he was still a top-10 tight end points per game, which we know isn't saying that much, but still consistently top-10 um, in points per game. And Schultz did have five top five games as well, which exemplifies the upside that we chase when looking at the tight end position. While he's no longer catching passes from Dak Prescott, which of course is going to hurt a little bit, he will have less target competition in Houston, which means he at the very least should uh, meet the 16% target share, which he's remained steady at over the last two seasons and will likely surpass it. And I wouldn't be surprised if he reaches a 19, 20% target share um, this year in Houston with the weapons surrounding him. So that if sounds, you're in a, it's a tight end with twenty percent targets here, like uh, so that's I mean, not that crazy. In I mean, he was he was at sixteen percent the last two years. And Especially there, like there are better you, weapons there. I know D'Amico Ryan's going to want to run the football, but when you project how many pass attempts they had and, and how much of a learning curve that defense still needs, although they have young assets, they're probably going to be playing from behind a lot. If Houston has four hundred pass attempts, they have no like it's it's going to be a lot of Dalton Schultz because they don't have a running back to check down to. They don't have an inside threat. They don't have a capable outside threat. Yeah. So yeah, if you're not going to love the tight end, we know it. It's proven. Yeah. That too. If the CJ Stroud finds a connection with Dalton Schultz early and often, I wouldn't be surprised if that remains for throughout the season. And look, if you're going to wait on tight end, you don't get a Kelsey. You don't get a, you know, Mark Andrews, a Kittle or any, any of those top end tight ends. And you end up with Dalton Schultz on your team. I get it. I think it's a safer route. I don't think he's going to be a top three tight end by any means, but I don't think he's going to shit the bed either. Michael, you have a unique uh, way of uh, turning me. I think you're making me a Dalton I, Schultz I fan really here. like Dalton Schultz this year. I liked him like always it. in a high-scoring offense in the Cowboys. He proved to be a pretty good option, obviously fell off yeah. a bit. But I think in Houston, he, he legitimately could lead the team in targets. That's why I was saying like this is the most important position on this offense this year. Even Even the worst – Team in the NFL, offensive wise, scores two touchdowns a game. Even yeah, the worst. Seventeen team. last, yeah, seventeen last year. So two touchdowns and a field goal. Someone's got to do it. Devin mm-hmm. Singletary, eh. Damian Pierce, eh. wide receiver options. Eh. Dalton Schultz, he's done it before, right? For all he the is the most proven fantasy asset on the team, at least in recent memory. Easily. Robert Woods, like as far as legacy goes, for sure. I Bobby mean, Trees, but. 13 touchdowns over the last two years is nothing to scoff at either. And, and I would say all-time fantasy, Dalton Schultz ranks on the all-time fantasy list over Robert Woods. Eh, 
No. I think You're if crazy. there's an all-time greatest fantasy players, no. Dalton Schultz would be You're crazy. over Robbie. No, no, yeah. What are you talking about? Robert Woods had, a, had like two or Bobby three Trees top. Bobby a pro bowler. <laughs> like, yeah, he had a couple top 15 wide receiver seasons. There were times where Bobby Trees was a couple tight end five. him ahead of Cooper Cup. Yeah, but you're talking about a tight end five season. That's a valuable thing. Get out of here, man. That's a valuable thing. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, at Broto FF Tim, if you want to yell at me about that take, at Broto FF Mike, at Psych Ward FF, at Broto Fantasy for the entire podcast, uh, at uh, FF by Broto for the app and everything involved in the app, BrotoFantasy.com, uh, YouTube.com slash Broto Fantasy if you want to see our beautiful faces. And Matt's giant, uh, I mean, not giant, bright, bright yellow NBA champion Denver Nuggets hat. Yep. All right, with Jokic signed Denver nope, Nuggets. This is the Murray one. Oh, Murray, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Uh, but anyway, uh, we we'd love to see your face, kind of virtually. We'd love to for you to see our face. Is really what I'm saying. It's kind of weird, but this 2023. This is what it is. It is a big hat. You should come yeah, check man. it out. Big big hats. Later. <laughs>